Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Sam. You can find me on Twitter at Otten Sam. And I'm also the host of the Justice League Universe podcast. Uh, we have a team of folks who it, uh, enjoy analyzing these movies as well. So we're part of kind of the community that really appreciates them and goes through them in detail. We go scene by scene. We've done all of Batman v Superman. We did all of Suicide Squad. Um, those are available. We finished up Wonder Woman, and we are making our way through Justice League. So um, we're enjoying the movies, and uh, I'm always happy to talk about them some more. Of course. <laughs> got, a, got a lot under your belt. Um, today, we're talking about minute number 12 of Suicide Squad. The minute's going to start out with uh, Dr. Harleen Quinzel accepting the Joker's torture. And the minute's going to end with Harley Quinn dancing in a cage. Yeah. You, you ever saw Deep Blue Sea? There's no cage in Deep Blue Sea. Is there a cage in... No, and it's oh, just a... It's Jaws. Yeah. I mean, I know it's Jaws, but <laughs> I thought there was like a glass cage. I always get Jaws and Deep Blue Sea confused. Did. Oh, man. I don't. <laughs> that's for sure. Look, he handed me uh, a Deadpool cup, and we're talking about Harley Quinn. I feel like that goes hand in hand somehow. Maybe not. Yeah. If we're in, <laughs> oh, if we're no, in, we're talking about your favorite characters. We're, we're talking about Joker. Topic. We're talking about Harley Quinn. We're talking about Deadpool. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, anyways. Can I have my studded belt back <laughs> when you're done with it? Yeah, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, go for it, Nate. Go for it. All right. So um, th- this is, again, it's it's too much. It's too much. Well, what do you what do you you're stopping me already i'm two sentences in um (laughs) no so okay the the thing that i do like about this and we talked about it a little yesterday Mm -hmm. it's um she goes right into the to the mr j you know you're gonna hurt me or whatever and it it makes joker you know he he gets shook for a hot minute that's the thing that i'm that i'll that i'll give you where sam said that this is a joker that is that has to make room for this relationship and I think that's something that maybe I'm not wrapping my mind around just yet. I don't know if I've ever accepted that form of Joker. So I think now I, I just have to, to keep an eye on Are it. Are you questioning why would he <coughs> No, I'm not questioning. I'm not mm-hmm. questioning it. I'm now, this is like the first phases of me realizing, okay, this is a Joker that has a space in his somewhere in his mind that a relationship is a viable thing for him. But then you would have he as a person would have to his mind would have to agree that there is part of his life that has structure. Exactly. And I think that's like one thing that's just, you know, red alert. I don't that's just a thing about the character that I can't comprehend just yet. And then for me, that's my point towards she and that's how it. she fits in. Yes, exactly. So like this is a this is an all new learning experience for me. I've I've backed off on Joker Harley Quinn things because of that aspect. I've never cared to look into that. And it's because we're not giving dynamic. Harley Quinn enough credit. She tapped into it. She yeah. hit that Maybe, subconscious yeah. button. I, I'll, I'll, I'm riding with you hard on that one. Uh, let's let's continue that <laughs> for this entire show. Um, but yeah, so like Joker has a stumble when she starts to tap into that side of his mind, and that's fantastic. I like that. Show me a side of Joker that I don't know yet. Cool. Great. I'm sold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think this also, um, this, this minute also like pushes Harley Quinn or Harleen one more step towards Harley Quinn. Um, Cause we don't really know where Harleen Quinzel came from before 
Like, she must mm-hmm. have been primed in some ways to be, like, open to Joker and stuff. But there's these steps that happen, like, meeting the Joker, interviewing him, and getting kind of, like, charmed by him and stuff. That was a step. Now here, getting strapped down, like, helping him, and then getting strapped down and tortured for it. But also having electrodes flowing through her brain and stuff might also be knocking some screw looses. Not that this is real psychology, but just in terms of, like, movie psychology, okay, now you've been zapped and tortured and that might be another step towards Harley Quinn. And then obviously the acid bath and stuff will be um, another big step. And then I think she like takes steps with the Suicide Squad team like by the end of the movie. So if you're sort of just keeping track of like, okay, what are, what are these key moments that are like, you know, steps forward for Harley? I think getting zapped like this and her saying like, I can take it. She's basically saying like, mm-hmm. I'm willingly going to take this next step. And she, uh, all the way along, actually, she willingly takes the next step towards what she's becoming. She's accepted yeah. the word of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Joker, Mr. <laughs> J. Um, but no, I, I agree. I think I think the plot of Suicide Squad, this movie, is uh, a day off for Harley. You know, <laughs> like it's so like there's no challenge that, you know, that equates to what she has gone through to try and cure this psychotic person. Like, I feel like... Yeah, it's just it's another been, step. Like, but, yeah, but then at, think about what's what's asked of her, like, um, as far as strength, like, whether it's men- mental or physical, mm-hmm. in um, in the Suicide Squad story, that we, the, the main plot of this film. And it's nothing compared to the things she has, to, she has done chemically to her body or, like, the manipulation of the Joker, like descending into that realm of hell to figure this guy out because you pointed out last week we kind of looked through her her dossier and she was born like what wasn't she like didn't they use the date of her introduction in the animated series as like her birthday in this what she like, is that true she's like mad young in this isn't she like like 24 or something yeah like so like she's got to be to to be Again, unless Gotham is so corrupt that they plan this, maybe she is such a protege, like a prodigy psychiatrist, and maybe she, her, maybe her mind really is so smart. Like maybe she is that intelligent that that's why she's here, and then maybe that's why her brain can take it. She says, "I can take it." So maybe, maybe, all right, maybe she is that strong. Hats off, rats off to Harley Quinn. She's got that willpower, you know. Uh, or mental mental strength. Maybe that's it. Maybe she is just um, super psychologist. She's going into it. Yeah, she's like really, um, t- you know, dealing with the pressure. And so, yeah, you know, I. But now in this, let's try to think. It kind of flashes forward. We go through like her entire life, which is p- pretty much all the footage in this film condensed into like a little quick montage. Right? It's like a it goes through the the green and purples. It goes through like the whole origin. We're gonna see these scenes blown up more in, later on in the film, but it kind of flashes forward to a new scene in what I would call like this is Joker's uh, lair. Like Joker, not not like his not like his playhouse or whatever they call it, the theme park. But like this is you know he's he's. His nightclub. His crime boss, Joker, right? He's Kingpin Jeffrey Dahmer. And so this is his club, and 
this scene right here seems like he's in control now. He's he's back on top. Harley Quinn's a, Harley Quinn is uh, the product of his achievement, you know, his success. Like, I, you know, I'm free. I'm the king of this city again. And, you know, this is my kind of trophy wife that I've turned, like my, you know, symbol of power, basically. Um, the scene by itself, this one right here, not including anything else within the flashback, I really like this moment. Um, it does the the licensed music that I was talking about earlier, where it's like instead of using Stephen Price's music, we're using licensed music. We're, we're using the um, Rick Ross Purple Lamborghini track, and it's in the club. It's not overlaid on the on the film. It's not for the audience to really listen to. It's background music, and it works so well. It gives this club and it gives the Joker this feeling of power. And the way they have Jared Leto sitting here and and he is not saying anything, he's not addressing anyone, he's not making eye contact, he's just staring at Harley um, and he's just ruling over his dominion, right? I really like this. I really like um, Batman villains already in control of Gotham. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I, like, I, I like... We're on the same page yes, there. Yes, I like that. that. Yeah. I like when... Villains of Gotham own parts of Gotham, and it's like theirs. And it's like this club is that we have Kingpin Joker, he's he's dominating the scene. Harley is there as like his trophy, and it's it's a feeling of power, and I really do dig it. Yeah, and it's cool to see all the ways he like shows his power, like having this place itself, you know, shows the power. The fact that he is not supposed to be free, but obviously he's kind of untouchable in some sense because he can just be out there and, you know, the authorities are not coming and putting him back in incarceration. That shows his power. But also, like, when Monster T comes up and then Johnny Frost is like, oh, no, he doesn't shake hands. That's, like, multiple levels of power, right? Because the Joker has Monster T kind of, like, kissing up to him and stuff. He has Johnny Frost, who's, like, this guy that's totally just his manservant. And the Joker can just say don't touch me, I don't shake hands, and he can just, like, make that be the rule, and he has people enforce that for him just because he says so, you know? Like, so within a few seconds, you get, like, three levels of power, and you're like, whoa, this Joker guy is, like, legit. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um... Monster T, that's Monst- the guy, that's common? common, yes, yes. Do we know him from anything? This is, I don't, I feel like I well, should be or, answering Common this. or Monster T? I know common, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Monster T, I, I think... Is it short for Monster Truck? When this film was in production, pre-production and, and post-production and all that, Common's character was a big rumor mill. It was like, okay, what's Common's character? Does he play a part? Is he the villain in the subway scenes? Like, his character nope. was one of those kind of overhyped characters no, he's just common he's New, just made he really for the, is just made common. for the movie um it, it seems like the dark knight return the dark knight rises take on deadshot where it was like yeah deadshot's right there with bane but he's just doing a normal guy stuff and so they really not down- doing anything yeah they really like down- yeah, downsized the character a lot to the, to the point of obscurity and that's kind of what monster t is and is is in this and what it is is it's just showing 
Joker rules the scene because not not this scene, but like the scene of in Gotham. He's he's kind of like this. This the the scene. The scene, yeah. He's this crime boss. The because gem. he's obtained this power in in ways that that confuse people. They're like, who is this guy? I can't. You know, he doesn't shake hands. Like, you you would think you'd know that already because you know who the Joker is. But the truth is, you never do, even when you meet him. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of the the thing about these crime lords. They they want to work with him, but they don't know. It's like is, is he gonna agree? Like sh- you might, you guys might share a common goal or like something that can um, benefit both of you. But like he just doesn't like you. He just doesn't like you. I th- I mean, he's just there to, so Joker can flex and just show. Like what Sam said, he's just showing power. Yeah. I mean, you're not throwing black mask in this club and you know he you're not introducing that other thing which maybe you could have done well i think black mass is one of those people who is like i'm I'm smarter than that i never work with that guy like yeah i I like that the better villains know that you don't have this guy in your team you don't try to do that yeah like avoid this guy Mm mm-hmm and when you avoid him, he's yeah, just that's true. Off. He's like Wall Street. I'm guessing Joker's in it for like maybe drugs and arms dealing. Probably no arms idea. dealing. I would no. go with arms dealing. You don't like even looking at this. You don't even know if he wants this. What is this? What the this, scene? This what, I don't know. Whatever. This he lifestyle. He's like, it's, I mean, kind of got like Scarface vibes. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you think Scarface wanted it? At he did. Point. He wanted it too bad. <laughs> That's where it, it was. I saw, I saw the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the 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 whole mise en scene of this this scene right here in this club is to me like one of the best parts of. And this is what I'm saying is I, I like this Joker in flashback only because when we have a moment like this, I'm like, this is why this woman is crazy. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Cool. Uh, I also like the set design. Like they, they. You mentioned the music, but they also have these like gold colors, and it, like this setting really contrasts with like Arkham Asylum and the color schemes before. Um, and the Joker has the rings on and stuff, so he's like incorporated into the color scheme uh, and the production design. So I think that makes it really pop out in terms of like a memorable setting. Uh, so I thought that's good too. And uh, I was going to quickly mention before I forget. Um, I think Monster T is an original character, but the only thing I've heard of is that he might be an homage to Tattooed Man, and the T might be a subtle connection to that. But that's what Mark I was saying. Was, I thought it was the same character. And so. then oh, I, that, like, it, that yeah. it is him. Oh, I, yeah, I haven't heard that it like is him. I was thinking, just I got was taken aback. A nod. Like I mean, I mean, I, that's cool. If I that was the intention Mr. to have T the Tattoo Man, tattooed that's man. cool. That's awesome. I remember reading him in Lightning Saga, and it was. Uh, pretty cool it was oh man he also had a really cool run in a uh final crisis yeah that was cool (laughs) anyway um yeah i just uh, this is just flexing joker another flashback within a flashback yeah i I, i'm about it i i think it's it seems kind of like it was a different cinematographer for this one scene i always say something about this scene as a whole like pops out a little bit more for me I think um, it's just because of the gold. Not just, but yeah, I, I, mean, I think Sam's gold, onto it's, something. It's, um, it's the uh, concept of what villains look like in Gotham. 
uh, we're seeing super, you know, body manipulation, uh, a lot of piercings, a lot of tattoos. Like it's it's pushed all the way to eleven, right? And we don't really, um, at least in Batman media, we haven't really seen that with our villains. We've seen um, chemical burns. We've seen like fan more fantastical, whimsical type uh, all like alterations to the characters. We've seen but leather. This, yeah, but this one is, hey, they are. S- their evil is portrayed through through body manipulation, like physical manipulations. Um, and so it's like the tattoos, the piercings. And, and so it gives off a totally different vibe. And I think it, I think it really does unnerve people more so than the fantastical versions. So I think that might have an effect on why some people were really like off put is because it was supposed to, be off-putting does that make sense so i was just like i get you i feel like that's probably why a lot of us are like whoa what is this and it's like that this is what a crime club looks like i'll take that over yeah. cgi killer croc yeah well mm, i kind of like cgi killer croc but this is like where do you see cgi killer croc i'm, ta- I'm thinking like uh, uh the arkham games no where it's like, okay that's a video game that's different like okay. you don't i mean like okay <laughs> i'm okay going back to like making it like less whimsical and more body uh modification then i'm okay with like him having like he's got like he looks like reptile from mortal Kombat. in in this movie yeah and you like that more yeah you like it more that he because yeah. in this he has like a skin yeah skin exactly issue. i like that more than it actually being a cgi like alligator from the yeah yeah like andy circus although andy circus played color nate you're making me want the other <laughs> version by accident that's not my intention i yeah. promise so i don't know what do you uh what do you think about uh what do you guys think about just this conversation between monster t and and joker the actual conversation that they're having i don't know it's just like there's there really isn't a conversation it's just one-sided and uh i think what maybe i said it on monday or something like that are we talking about pulling the trigger last week yet or no no what i'm i guess you're right it's not a conversation but it's the way that this joker is reacting now it's hard to because you got to detach the jared leto part like this is a character this isn't jared leto portraying the joker it's just the joker being the joker how many times am i going to say that name but yes so he's this guy is trying to like this guy's trying to like hey you're cool we should you know we should work together and this guy is like he's just dancing around it like why is this guy called the joker you know let's ask that question why is the joker referred to as such and it's really because this guy is just having a laugh at everything and there, there is no way of really connecting with him, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's he, like, it's a very unique, unique kind of like gangster boss because normally if somebody's coming in and monster T says, I'm making money, you're making money. We're like, we're mutually beneficial in our arrangement. So normally a regular boss would be like, okay, good. Let's talk business or let's make sure we have, you know, can continue to make this money and, you know, have our territory or whatever. And Joker does not do any of that stuff. He's basically going to play games with this guy just like he was playing games with Harley before. And he just, I think he's a Joker because his jokes are just how he plays with the people around him. And he might as well, he kill you just as soon as look at you and whatever. Um, so he, he, I think, likes toying with people and watching them squirm and stuff. 
Yeah, I I kind of I definitely agree. And I think what you're saying, like toying, like looking back uh, throughout the flashback of the, like the little Harley Quinn montage that happens real quick. It's like it's the iconic Joker Harley Quinn snapshot where it's her in her traditional Harley Quinn outfit, Joker in a suit. Oh man. Okay. All right. We're getting back to that. Yes. This is Alex Ross? Can I the curse? Alex Ross? <laughs> no. This well, hold Alex on, hold Ross on. crap. <laughs> so, <laughs> what it is uh, with with the idea that he like he likes toying with people, it's like he's not dressed up like a a Joker, a clown, but she is. She's dressed up like a jester. It's like you are my yeah. toy kind of thing, and that's like the messed up part of it, right? Well, it's her creation, his creation. No, well, no, it's what how she was created in the beginning. Oh, yeah. Like it's just yeah, it's exactly it's what that was. It's a callback to that. Yeah, it's it's, an, it's not even a callback. That's just what she was subtly. Well, that. So yeah, so she at some point she did dress up like that, or I'm I so hate me if you will. I always I always hate on you. the <laughs> in the back of my mind. I'm always thinking that the creation of Harley Quinn and this maybe you know Paul Dini whatever yell at me if you will. Um, the creation of Harley Quinn was almost uh, almost phoned in because it was like how do we take this character of Joker and do what Sam did make room for a relationship and it's like well really the only one that can come up with that see i can't decide if it's either like extreme genius or just sh- you know phoning it in it's like how do you create a character that has that room for that relationship <laughs> where you either make them bat crap crazy or you just kind of like make them a manipulative thing that he can do whatever she want you know what it would smack her around and all that stuff and that's how she started. It started as just like this little thing that you can just slide in there where she just becomes another form of dialogue for Joker to just be like, bop, 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 yeah, bah, 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 and have a little, you know, silly little quip mm-hmm. for Kinda someone. And it gives it gave the character an audience is what it was. It, it gave um, it kind of like a pinky in the brain type. Yeah, thing. it's exactly what it did, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But it's how it started. Not like yeah. not. It's not strong. It seems like that was like they had to have figured that out at one point was like i i guess she's just like a you just slide her in just give her saying you're saying harley quinn when she started was not was just the easy manipulative yeah it wasn't fully realized so Mm -hmm. it was just like how do we give this guy room for a relationship throw in that easy manipulative character Mm -hmm. easily manipulated character no i agree i think it started that way i don't think people realize that's they upsetting. Were creating a very <laughs> upsetting situation yeah. that they would then go and be like, "Oh yeah, that's the beauty of that." Yeah, and I think that was. Yeah, I do agree that was something. That so I mean, it's a, it's a it's a it's a harsh feeling, the Joker Harley thing, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Now you know where I'm coming from. <laughs> I agree. But again, I apologize if I again stepped on toes with Alex Ross. I like Alex Ross a lot, oh, but yeah. that this one Joker and Harley Quinn thing, I just can't. You think they're the romanticizing? Mad, the mad love. Are you are you upset? Because you think they're romanticizing the relationship? It's just not something that I was into. Oh, I'm not asking if you're into it. Oh, because we know we're not into. <laughs> we know you're not. Into Am it. I like? Were they romanticizing? In this film, I'm asking. Do you think they're romanticizing the relationship instead of romanticizing instead of well yeah because instead it's of uh, I'm, again I'm under the impression that this film is all through the eyes of Harley Quinn so yeah in her mind their relationship is super romanticized we okay, do so see another 
Now yeah. you're defending it because you're saying it's through her eyes. So now, yeah. So now it's valid. Yeah. But is, I'm, I'm going guess, back and you're this get used to it, guys, because <laughs> I'm going back and forth with this movie all day. <laughs> that is the that is the challenge with this film. Yeah. Right? Do I take it as like, oh yeah, it's just Harley Quinn, so it can be it can be chaotic. It doesn't have to make sense. Yeah. That's the that's the or do I ugly scream? truth this is about wrong. this is the ugly truth about Harley Quinn is that we romanticize violence and and manipulation and peer pressure. Yeah. Don't do that. Or is it something on the writing team that said, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't have romanticized the violence, manipulation, peer pressure." I think that happened <laughs> way you know, too many years too late, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and they were stuck with the character. You might be right. But now they're fixing it, right? So, yes, absolutely. Which, good on you. Um, but yeah, the, just... Um, I I enjoy... I do enjoy the method acting that Jared Leto is doing here. I do enjoy the... Are you sweet-talking me? I do. I, I love the fake laughing. It's it's like... Is it, this is not... Jared... This is not the character trying to be the Joker. It is... The people looking at him and saying, this guy's a joker. This guy's a clown. This guy, like, how's this guy famous in Check the out universe? This clown. Exactly. Like, this, this is a guy who has all this wealth and power. Like, how's he doing this? And it stumps them because this guy is so unhinged um, that he just gains that reputation of the joker kind of thing. And it's all the chemicals and stuff. They, they really rot your brain, kids. So don't do it. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, it, it is a very powerful scene. Um that's all I had for this one, really. Oh, yeah. I, my, my rant went on way too long. I was just going to add about the joking, like the when he puts his hand up to his mouth and has the big smile like on it. Like uh, That's part of him joking around, too. Um, but what would you guys think of that, just that visual gag of having the hand go up? I like that that tattoo comes into play more than once. Mm-hmm. And so it seems... It's, it's innovative because normally the iconic smile is his actual smile. It's, you know, as people are always like, oh, he's got scars, he's got his deformed face. It's like something, or his face is completely like degloved and then put back on. So there's always something literally about his mouth that we think of the iconic Joker smile. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now that it's on the hand, the hand becomes kind of like a, a an actual physical motion like it becomes like yeah he, I, like I know Woody Allen placing because okay so no not Woody, <laughs> that Woody was a Allen tough joke. That was yeah a tough joke. no I was trying to like hurdle <laughs> over that so I wasn't saying I agree Woody Allen but no the theatricality right we talked about like the masks and stuff like the mask that Jim Carrey but like he has the smile, and now he can apply it whenever. Yeah, and it's a theatrical show thing. you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like a prop. That yeah, and that's a big part of the character. Yeah, like in the comic books, there's a lot of stories where there's like the Joker gas, or you know, mm-hmm. he in- injects things with people. It's in like the comic books recently, or a couple years ago, I guess it was. But you know, visually, you can have this Joker smile be imposed on other people, and that means oh, the Joker has done that to them. In The Dark Knight, it's more like he will carve it into you. Um, but again, it's like Joker imposing the Joker smile on his victims. So here, he could do that as well. He could, like, smother you. And now, you know, you imagine, oh, if I had his hand around my mouth and he smothered me that way, 
he's also putting the Joker smile on me, like when he's doing yeah. it. And although oh. you're dying, it looks like you're laughing. Yeah, that, and also like if you, man, I just thought of something. Maybe if you do see that smile, that means like, oh, that's it for me. Curtains, mm-hmm. like nobody that gets to see him raise his hand above his mouth uh, lives to see the next yeah. day. Oh, so he <laughs> he was already gonna kill Monster T. Like, oh yeah, that was the signal that Monster T was already gonna die. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. totally. I like that a lot. It's and like, like here you go. This was gonna be. Think, I'm about to Joker you, think of ladies all and gentlemen. The, think of all the Im- like all the images of like how that. As far as like for an actor, like hey, you got this tattoo of a smile, and anything you do on the stage, like you know, you could always pull, you know, use that device as a prop as a as an actor, and so it's like the the death of, of Robin. Like imagine. Uh, or like, okay, so Batgirl or Robin, anytime the Joker has assaulted those two characters, imagine Batman seeing those characters with the hand over the mouth and it has a smile on it. Like, it's another device that shows intimidation. It's like, uh, it's like, you know. It's, oh, it's like mm-hmm. branding someone. Mm, it's like branding someone. Um, so I think we're onto something there. I, I think it's a really good, useful tool. I've always liked it. I, and like I said, I like that this movie shows that he uses it for, you know, to assert his dominance, right? So I think that I think we're onto something there. I, yeah, I, I like it. That's I like because so, there is moment. no Joker gas. That that must be in lieu of Joker gas. Yeah, like just that, just that it's in like, lieu of what? carvings. Yeah, it it really is like it really stops you when you see this character do stuff like that. And so, yeah, there's a lot of things this character does that I do like. And I think, you know, maybe... Me too. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. Me too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's move on. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything, you can follow us on all social media at DCEU Minute and the Facebook uh, group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. And we'll catch you guys for tomorrow for minute number 13 of Suicide Squad Minute. <laughs>